Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, we are back on to the third week of our content sharing about fundamentals to faith. And this week, we are going to talk about culture in Islam as well as seeking knowledge in Islam. I am joined by brother Daniel, who is actually a very, very, very seasoned Muslim that is, uh, who is active in Darul Akam. He is also part of the 27 council members who set the new direction for the organization and also uh, impart leadership to the converts community. So it's truly a pleasure to have him here with us today. You know, earlier on, brother Daniel mentioned that, you know, to get his convert story, we have to spend at least three days on our podcast to, <laughs> to unpack everything. So I'm giving him a tall order right now to ask him to pack his convert story into the next three minutes so that we have some time for our content. So please introduce yourself, brother Daniel. Tell us how you came into Islam and, you know, uh, try your best to summarize it in three minutes. Okay, uh, just a little bit of background for myself. Uh, my name is uh, Daniel Chung. Um, been a convert since uh, 1995. Um, I'm originally um, from Malaysia, uh, from a small little hometown in Ipoh. Yeah, I came to um, Singapore in uh, 1990, and I've converted um, to be a Muslim in 1995. Uh, that was like a very long time ago, and the conversion was still done uh, over at uh, Daru Akam when they were still located over at Lorong 15 Kelang. Right. which is not even at the current uh, Galaxy building. My journey to Islam started was, um, you know, when I first came to Singapore. I mean, I was, uh, before that, I mean, during in, in Malaysia, during my school days or so, I was uh, uh, very curious in about, uh, you know, doing a lot of uh, religious studies and uh, finding the right religion, so-called, uh, to embrace. Because uh, being a born uh, into a Buddhist family, uh, you grow up with a lot of the uh, Buddhist uh, values and things like that. Somehow, you know, as you grow older, things like, you know, some of the Buddhism practices, you just need to have to have some answers for it. And that's why I started looking for other religions to satisfy the so-called young mind and you know, in the teens and how, what, what are the kind of uh, religion out there that is uh, available. So I dwell into a little bit of uh, Christianity as well. I had no knowledge about uh, Islam at all in, uh, until uh, you know, I came to Singapore and uh, when I started to uh, mix with uh, all the you know, uh, Muslims here and uh, slowly I got to know more about the religion. And that's where a friend of uh, mine rec- recommended me to go to uh, Darul Akam and, uh, and uh, start to know, uh, learn more about the religion. And, uh, Alhamdulillah, when, uh, when they, you know, it was all in English and uh, the environment that was good and I see a lot of, uh, you know, that was where I opened up my eyes and know that, oh, uh, Islam is for a certain race alone, you know. Yeah. So when I see the diversity and the uh, the culture, diversity of the Muslims in the yeah. Daru, and that's where I was like, you know, astonished and was like an eye-opener for me. Yeah. So that's how I, I got to learn and, you know, I slowly embraced the religion as I learned more. Because Islam is a, it's a religion that is... Uh, I would say I have a lot of answers for everything, and uh, you know, and uh, Islam is uh, with the guidance of the uh, Quran is uh, 
set of so-called Sharia rulings and, and all the laws that is included in the religion, which is uh, very useful to all the, you know, the people who embrace the religion to follow the path. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Brother yeah. Daniel. I, I too mainly came into Islam because I found it to be very logical, a very logical and rational uh, religion, which yep. I think is very rare nowadays, especially. Ever since like I learned about Islam, I feel like you know it's really given my life a renewed purpose and uh, I understand why I do uh, my acts of worship and I, I feel very internally satisfied and happy to know that like these things I do they actually have a, a deeper purpose you know that really makes sense to me and alhamdulillah I relate a lot to your story uh, you know I'm sure many of our listeners do as well and uh, yes uh, thank you I think you did it to unpack it in three minutes definitely we love the opportunity to get the chance to unpack your story in a greater extent uh, it's always uh, um, you know so eye-opening and inspiring to get the thought process behind why people take their shahada but I think yeah. mostly for us is is really learning about Islam and seeing the beauty of Islam through uh, knowledge and Arkam, Darul Arkam is a big facilitator of that for a lot of us converts because they have their classes in English and that's something that, you know, is truly a blessing in Singapore. We also talked about uh, the blessings of being a Muslim in a non-Muslim majority society all the way back last year with Brother Brian on our mm. Fundamentals to Faith uh, episode, which is similar because we're talking about culture, right? And, yeah. and culture is really contingent to, you know, uh, the kind of population we have in Singapore. Yeah. So for all those, uh, just a pit stop for all those who are wondering we, we get our content from uh, Muslim Convert Skybook published by Dara Agam so if you guys want the exact details and perhaps some of the hadiths that are mentioned can refer to the book uh, you can download it off Dara Agam's website under resources the challenges when we talk about being a Muslim in a non-Muslim majority society is a cultural challenge you know and to some extent culture uh, is also uh, affected and influenced by religion and you know some sometimes the challenge also comes in the form of the difficulties in trying to differentiate what is culture and what is religious as well so it's very interesting uh we, you know i personally love to talk about it because it's something that i grapple with almost on a daily basis you know as a chinese mm. muslim uh, trying to assimilate myself into the Malay Muslim culture and also mm-hmm. keeping my my roots as a as a Chinese and my my own Chinese culture. So, but you you would ask, you know, what is what is culture? You know, and it's hard to wrap our head around the concept of culture. But we can offer a def- definition of it. Culture is simply a package of social norms, uh, expectations, and practices that are upheld by a certain group of people in society. So, it is most commonly associated with race. Uh, Chinese, uh, Malays, Indians, uh, and it, they are commonly found to be overlapping with religious practices when a majority of a particular race belongs to a particular religion. So for example, uh, the Malays uh, style of dressing is similar to Islamic attire because most Malays are Muslims. So in Singapore, um, the Malay culture influences, as mentioned, can be dominantly found in the Muslim community. So, but there are some differences that, uh, you know, after a while you start to see, even within the Malay culture. For example, Hari Raya lasts for, you know, at most three days in Middle Eastern regions, you know, and in Singapore, if uh, growing up, you know, we all see that the Hari Raya lasts, visiting lasts for 30 days. Yeah. And, and now even more because of COVID, you know, the Malay weddings are typically silat and kompang performances, they are played in uh, the weddings itself but in uh, Islamic tradition these performances aren't present so it's yep. really a, a cultural mix uh-huh. which is interesting you know uh, trying yep. to differentiate it 
in Singapore itself, there are three main social groups and uh, the Indian, the Chinese and the Malay, but there are 10 religions. I'll, I'll state the five predominant ones, Islam, Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity and Hinduism. So about 98% of Malays are Muslims, uh, which explains the huge influence that Islam has over Malay culture. In the earlier episode that I mentioned, we talked about how it is important to learn from different races and cultures to prevent these misconceptions and misunderstandings from happening in our lives. So it is part of us as Muslims, our duty and you know, in our strive for religion to seek to promote inclusivity in practicing the religion via understanding of different groups of people in our society. So if the Buddhists pray in a different form as Muslims, it's not for us to, to judge or to uh, say that you know outright that they are wrong you know it's for us mm. to you know the first step is to respect the differences that they have first even within islam there are differences in practices you know it, one simple difference is that there are different uh you know schools of thought when it comes to practicing certain acts of worship in islam there are also different theological uh, differences in islam but the most important thing is that as muslims we should focus on our similarities in faith instead of the cultural differences the reason being all Muslims should believe in the uh, most essential concept of Islam, which is that there is no God but Allah and Prophet wasallam is his messenger. So with the similarity of Tawheed as our foundation, all the differences in practice are secondary. In Islamic rulings-wise, they are secondary. And uh, these shouldn't be divisive factors that would drive us apart. Instead, we should focus on the fact that we have a similar you know, is our essence of belief and use that to bring our communities closer together. So as a general rule, all cultural practices of any race are permissible unless the practice goes against the teachings of Islam itself. So, you know, this is the general practice. If you want to know whether certain cultural practices within your race is permissible or not, but with that, you have to seek the associated knowledge to know. Uh, you know, a simple tip is just to ask your local staff. One should refrain from branding practices from other races as not permissible unless we have the specific knowledge, you know, that they are prescribed by scholars of our locality and agreements that, okay, this is truly not, not uh, permissible in Islam because we should appreciate the diversity that comes in Islam. And in our society, that allows us to learn more about the people around us. Uh, talking about Islam to people of other races is a reality in Singapore, if you think about it, because just because of the fact that we live in a non-Muslim majority country. There are certain times where we have to talk about Islam to people of other races. But for converts, that happens sometimes when you are very new to the religion and you feel very excited to talk about Islam to other people. So uh, we have to be careful of that um, because we don't want to seem too overzealous or we don't want to seem too pushy about the religion to other people. Because one of the primary goals of Sharia, which is also covered in one of the earlier episodes of Fundamentals to Faith, is the preservation of religion. And not just Islam, but also the belief of non-Muslims. So Islam does not compel others to accept the religion. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given every individual his right to believe and worship. So we don't force people to come to Islam because the religion is between Allah and the creation itself. So even if we were to force them to come into Islam, as we mentioned in the previous episode, Actions are not, uh, are not by, but by their intentions. You know, their intention wouldn't have to be to come to Islam for the sake of Allah itself. So similar to culture, you know, it's important to respect someone else's religion. And you can do that while not subscribing to the beliefs of the religion itself. So this is, you know, exemplified in one of the 
ayats of the Quran in chapter 6 verse 108 and do not insult those they invoke other than Allah lest they insult Allah in enmity without knowledge. So in summary, a lot of diversity in, in, in Singapore, a lot of differences in Singapore. We, we best navigate through this as Muslims, as Singaporeans as well by employing respect, empathy and understanding in terms of these interactions, in terms of culture. So yep. just, just wrapping up, Extremely interesting topic. A lot of things to talk about. So I'll start off with the first question I would like to ask Brother Daniel. As a convert, when you came to Islam, what are some cultural challenges that you have faced? When I first embraced Islam, the thing that was like a bit challenging to me was, you know, during when you go for Hari Raya, visiting, and also when you go for uh, prayers in the mosque, very distinct challenge is when you go visiting during Hari Raya, you need to wear baju kuro, <laughs> you right, need to right. wear a soko. Right. So it's like, you know, say, wow, this is something new to me. Said, you know, because from my understanding of the religion, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, there's no specific dress code. And apparently when, you know, when I was here and I went visiting during Raya and, uh, and I went to friends' place and then when, they, when I went there with just a t-shirt and a shirt, or <laughs> a shirt and a pair of jeans and everybody looking at me and hey, I thought you were Muslim. I said, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, what, what makes you think I'm not Muslim? Oh, why are you not right. in Baju Kurung? They kind of, the kind of questions that I ask. Right. Okay? Right. So it's, it's like, you know, these are the kind of things that we always have to, to be very mindful as a convert to understand that, you know, Islam is has no so-called set of clothing, a set of colors and things like that. These, these are the things that was like, uh, you know, need to overcome initially. But uh, alhamdulillah, you know, as you, uh, as you learn more about the religion, as you know more about the knowledge of the religion, you know, then you find, slowly realize that, oh, these are all part of cultural things. And like what you directly mentioned, mm-hmm. it's like 98% of the Muslims are Malays in Singapore. So I'm not surprised that, you know, most of the practices that is Islamic, it's all linked to the cultural side of things. Right, yeah. right. Thank you yeah. for sharing. I, I do realize that uh, when you go visiting Hari Raya, that is like the time of your life that you're most reminded that you have a cultural difference, you know, because yeah. so you go so many houses, so many uh, of your our friends' houses and you see, oh my God, this is so different from my own house. Yeah, I you know cultural challenges wise for myself, I the kind of challenges that I faced was I mean, I attended Malay weddings as well. So, yeah. I was, so I was like, yeah, many of these things I see, I thought they were parts of Islam because I thought that many parts of uh, Malay weddings originated from Islam. But then yeah. I, I never ever realized that, you know, these were cultural Malay things until my yes. friends knew about it. So that was very yeah. surprising. And uh, I realized that, yeah, that, that gives me quite a lot of flexibility. Like if I want to mm. in the future have a Chinese wedding, then mm. I just have to make sure that I fit in parts of my culture that, you know, is approved and is supported by Islam. And I think that's yep. a good thing as well. So yep, Exactly. Right. Uh, uh, I think we'll wrap up the podcast with just one more question. So how do we as Muslims increase understanding of cultural practices of other races in Singapore? For me personally, it's like we don't want to uh, impose, you know, what we have learned and what the little knowledge that we have. So what, we, what uh, my approach is always that, you know, listen and understand on what is the uh, other party's uh, culture and religious uh, mm. beliefs and requirements. Mm. And then from there on, you know, I guess uh, from there on, we will just need to come to think about a common understanding, a common ground, where we, you know, we call, we have, have in common. Mm. I mean, those are the things that are common. So we will try to be integrated, to integrate as much as those and have a common understanding. I mean, right. those things are a little bit on the, you know, teachings on the religions and things like that. 
try not to touch on that because we won't know what is the other party's understanding of our religion, right. and neither do we expect them to know what is their understanding of uh, Islam. You see. Right. So that, that's where in, in the event that you have this kind of misunderstanding uh, that is happening, that's where you know, conflicts will come along and people will start to misunderstand. So we have to come start off with a common ground and see and um, where they are and where we are and what are the things that we can talk in common and you know, common culture, common things that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. And also among you and me, I believe uh, you know, we have a different understanding of the religion as well. And some right. things we may agree and some things we may not. So right. we need to have that kind of common ground and uh, understanding and before we can uh, you know, dwell deeper into it. Uh, right. That's just what happens. I, I completely agree. Like what you, what you mentioned, we should listen first before we care, you know, and, and put in some thought into our words. Uh, I think that is missing in a lot of times we, where we talk about religion in our society. People just yeah. jump the gun on on uh, responding, reacting to certain happenings, you know, in other countries yeah. within our country as well. You know, the, the best way if you want to have a good example is just look at the behavior of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ramadan is coming, you know, many, many opportunities to learn about his behavior, his yeah. his, his tolerance to other races, his respect to yeah. the people around him. I think that's a very, you know, exemplary yeah. role model that we can follow. Uh, other than that, to learn more about religion, come come to Arakam. You know, Arakam yeah. has everything you guys need. Before COVID, yes. they have they have had sessions where we get the opportunity to learn about other races, uh, even mm. other religions as well. Uh, yeah. you know, during some of the events, like uh, we visit the mosque when before COVID came, you get the opportunity to talk about anything with a Muslim convert of another race. So, you know, opportunities are there in Singapore. We mentioned earlier that. Singapore is such a unique country that gives us the chance to look at other religions without being scrutinized because we are, we are just by the fact that we have so many people of different religions. So we have, we have interfaith events where we can just sit there and be an audience and observe what other religions do. We have the privilege of that in Singapore. Yeah. So be grateful for what we have and inshallah, take on that kind of, you know, attend these events once in a while to learn about more about other races and their practices. So I completely agree. Yep, exactly. uh, alhamdulillah, that brings, brings us to the end of uh, talking about culture in Islam. I think it's been a very interesting discussion. But next episode, we're going to talk about seeking knowledge in Islam, which is also another interesting episode. So yep, uh, okay. for those who are interested to listen to that, uh, do tune in to the next episode that we have, which is going to be released on a Friday night. So for now, we will end the podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Asr. Subhanakallah. <laughs> <laughs>